0: Leader. Tovar is an equal opportunity employer.
1: We're Cubs fans helping Cubs fans at Stewart's Cubs Cave Party. Club 400 podcast is on the air. Left to me, the super producer Johnny, and my main man William, and me and William went out. Sorry, you look like you're still hungover, buddy. I'm good.
2: I'm good. Thank you, though. Thanks for noticing.
1: I'll tell you what, the uh, John Baker Day was a huge success. Everybody who came out to it, it was awesome. So, but uh, Cubs swept the Brewers. That was fun, and it's un- it's unbelievable, but. We have a guest, a guy that when I started the concept of Club Four Hundred Radio, he was on that list of people. He was on that original. He was on the napkin. I was, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He was on the napkin, and I've been a big fan my whole entire life. I've met Brad a few times, but uh, we're gonna combine forces one day and be a superpower. I think is, is the plan. I like so that. Uh, I like to introduce Brad Zipong. Zipong, exactly. Is that Zipong, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you got it. Third time was a charm. You got it. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, that's I like my, how he
1: does that. He says it three <laughs> different ways. Maybe I'll hit one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you got a, you got a third try.
1: So, Brad, thanks for taking time out of your day to day to talk with us. And like I said, it's an honor and a privilege, man. You are a part of Wrigleyville for sure. There's no doubt about that. But let's for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, tell us about where, you know, how, well, basically we always ask the standard question. how did you become a Cubs fan, Brad?
0: Oh, wow. So I grew up in Wisconsin and when I was a kid, the Brewers were in the American league and the Cubs were in the national league. So I, you know, like everyone else, you got exposed to the Cubs of a certain age. Uh, you know, I would staying home from, uh, during summer break, uh, you know, I fell in love with, with Wrigley field before I ever set foot. And it thanks to, uh, WGN and Harry Carey and Steve Stone and, uh, and, and the, the great broadcast. So um, as I got older, the the Brewers eventually moved to the national league as well. And I was kind of conflicted for a while. Uh, I moved here. I moved to Chicago in 99. So I've been here for over 20 years now and moved. My, my second apartment was at um, Waveland in Southport. So it didn't take too long just to kind of get immersed in uh, Cubs culture, and uh, other than Bob Euchre, there's no one still affiliated with the, with the Brewers from when I was a kid, so it was kind of an easy transition. Yeah, but so I'm, I'm, I'm all
1: in. One of the uh, first Brewers to Cubs Converts we ever talked to. It's awesome.
0: And oh, really? Yeah, that's, as far it. as it's I know, we've talked ways. to a
1: few White Sox ones here and there, but I, I can't recall I a Brewer bit, one.
0: I get a little bit of a hard time from uh, people back home, but... You know, I'm a I'm Chicagoan, and I have been for quite a while, so uh, what I really get a hard time about, and this not business for a different podcast, is how my wife converted me to a Bears fan from a Packers fan.
1: Well, that was uh, my next question. How, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I still have a sweet spot in my heart for the Packers, but, uh, you know, how can you not live here and be a Bears fan?
2: Oh, you can. It's possible. <laughs> I, moved, it I moved here in 99, and I am not a Bears fan. I'm an anti-Bears fan. Oh,
0: a, all right.
2: I'm a Viking fan. I'm from Minnesota. Mm. Same story yeah. as you, though. I moved here in 99. I became a Cub fan before that when the Twins moved into the Metrodome in their early oh, yeah. 80s. And uh, yeah. and I still get abused, like, oh, you're not a Cubs fan. You're from Minnesota. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think once you've been here twenty years, you've got the. Uh,
2: it should be gone, the tag or the. Yeah, or yeah. There's no you've wagons got,
0: anymore. So you what's, grew. You, what's, the, what's the What's the Jimi Hendrix line? Uh, tire tracks across your back. There you once, go. Once you've been once you've been in Chicago twenty years, you've got those tire tracks on your back. So and yep. parking tickets. I agree.
1: So you grew up yeah. in New Holston, Wisconsin, which I have never heard right. of the town. Unbelievably, That's
0: correct. That's correct. It's near. It's near <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh, it well, it, it yeah. is your children, But that—that's that, not like going to help. Uh, I was born. I was born in Sheboygan, so it's a half hour from Sheboygan, and then like a half hour from Fond du Lac. You know all those major areas. Oh yeah, A's. Fond du Lac. Party. Yep. Not not too far from Appleton. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. No,
2: yeah, now yeah, we're yeah. getting closer to Lambo.
1: And you graduated yeah. at the University of Wisconsin.
0: Oshkosh. Oshkosh,
1: Oshkosh. Yes. Oshkosh. Yep. yep. And. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, that town, uh, they probably never seen you, you know, after you left that town probably got a little quieter. I'm pretty sure, you know,
0: huh. uh, <laughs> the, the Oshkosh, uh, the university has a reputation for, uh, throwing parties. And, uh, I don't think it's, it, it slowed down after I left. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's part of, I think part of what I, what I gathered, uh, there about, what I learned there about throwing parties is, is carried with me to this day. When, uh, we're doing our spring training trip and, and other, and other stuff. We, we, we keep the tradition going, whether my friends who didn't go to Ashkosh realize it or not.
1: I, I've heard a couple stories, Brad. That's why I asked you about that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> classic man. And you know what? Something you don't know that we have in common. You went to school for public relations communications. I did too. I'm sure you're probably oh, wow. a member of the PRSSA. Were you a member of that? I was. Yeah, I, was. I, yeah, I was the president. I was the president my senior year at college. And, oh wow! And it's like,
0: I, I was I was the vice president, but I
1: quit. Oh, did you? Um, yeah.
0: Where did you go to school?
1: I went to Northern Illinois University, and uh, okay. See, I took public relations, not knowing how to write, and that's probably not a good idea. So I was, I just ah. didn't like the writing part yeah. of it, which is like most of it. So I was like, eh, okay. yeah, yeah. It
0: it's
2: like, it like it I want to become to a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I want to become a weatherman. Yeah,
0: become a doctor yeah. and not know
2: the science. You yeah, know, I just don't like the science part.
0: <laughs> right. I don't like. Well, the now world. now I. My guess is that the, the PR curriculum now they they probably don't focus as much on, on uh you know, the written word as they do on the digital side of things, which yeah, right. sometimes sometimes not being able to write seems to help people with their with their digital presence. He
1: doesn't know how to do that either. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, perfect. But perfect. you uh, you're right, your right Kirk, about
1: you know, but... your career coming out here to Chicago. How did, how, I mean, you started your career at Leo Burnett, one of the nice, biggest firms of all time for public relations. I know of them well, obviously, because that's what everybody wanted to get into. But what made you make that move out here and tell us about your short, you know, it wasn't a short stay. You worked for like Lee Burnett for like eight years or something like that, didn't
0: it? I was there for five, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, I I was dating a girl at the time who was very career minded. I was like, I don't know, six weeks from graduating and I didn't really know where I was going to go, what I wanted to do and she was coming down to Chicago for um, the Chicago Advertising Federation's Career Day. So I tagged along, and, like, there were all these speakers, and nothing that they had to say really was all that interesting to me, except this one guy got up, and he was Leo Burnett's corporate spokesperson. And I was like, oh, man, that that sounds really interesting. So I went and approached him afterward uh, and wound up getting an internship through him and uh, moved down to Chicago about, like, I don't know, eight days after i graduated uh college and uh like i said i haven't looked back since
2: how many stories start with i was dating a girl
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah and and if uh (laughs) i I could tell more stories We, we were not a good fit but i do credit her for uh for for me for me being down here i mean i guess who who in college is dating someone who's a good fit long term uh, probably not many people. They
2: probably don't last. Not many.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So you went to a, a very corporate place, and then you, then, yeah. you, then you moved to StubHub. You know, <laughs> which was yeah. back, back then they were yeah. just getting started up, right? And, I mean, they're pretty new.
0: Yeah, I was the first employee of theirs outside of their headquarters in San Francisco. But so while I was at Burnett, I mean, it, yeah, it's corporate, but you know, it was a great place to start my career because there were a ton of, uh, you know, young energetic creative people from around the world there so like to this day i could kind of go around the room if i'm at a party and like i can piece together almost everyone i know either directly from my time at Burnett or like from a friend of a friend that's so a really great place to start and one of the guys that i uh became really good friends with was a huge cubs fan his name is george ellis He's still was a huge Cubs fan, even though now he he moved. But so he and I used to go wrote the best
1: Cub book of all time, which we'll talk about oh. later. Yes, yeah, I I read the whole yeah. thing. All right,
0: yeah, <laughs> that makes one of us. So so I'm kidding, but uh, so he and I would go sit in the left field bleachers at, at Wrigley, and in like 2000 ish, we started. We, this is back when like the dot com era was really taking off, and you know, people people would come up with these websites like you know pets.com and it would and they would get like a you know a hundred million dollar ipo and all this stuff and we're like man we should start a website about being a cubs fan so we always sitting in the left field started rightfieldsucks.com hmm. and, and and it would it gained traction right away like i mean it was before the term blog was even a thing and and like we would post pictures we had these signs that said right field sucks we post pictures and one like kids would send them to us from pictures of them with their own right field suck signs from like family vacations in front of the white house and stuff. And it was like, Oh man, We're, we we would post heckling advice for the other teams left fielder. Uh, it was, it was great. So that, that was the, one of the biggest, uh, uh, pluses in my life. Uh, having, having been at Burnett was, was meeting George and kind of being in this really creative environment with him.
1: Right. And tell us about when you, you know, you took your idea because, man, I used—I mean, I used to make whenever I went to the Cubs game, I made sure I grab grab the copy of the heckler. Yeah, uh, yeah. So tell us about when you finally decided. You know, you know, it's always the jump when you make a big move. You know what? We're gonna put this in a newspaper form and we're gonna, you know, yeah. t- distribute it. Tell us about that. Well, your time in your life.
0: Yeah. So when I was at when I was at Ashcrash, I was really active in my school paper, and I really enjoyed that newsroom camaraderie, and you know, like. Being able to write, it was it was a different era, right? But, like, being able to write stuff and then have people, like, talking about it. Like, that was a great feeling. So we we were trying to figure out ways that we could kind of recreate that here. Uh, and, and we were kind of kicking around ideas, and, and that's where the heckler came from. We were like, what if we did, this was before The Onion even did sports. So we're like, what if we did, like, an Onion, but about the Cubs and about Wrigleyville? And, like, we gave it a shot, and, you know, before I knew it, I was like, you know, getting quotes from printers and like uh, it was, it was kind of nuts. And it was it was oh three that we when well, we wanted printing our first, yeah. You know, oh 03, first run. 03,
1: three. was the first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, and and uh, you know there were no real expectations on the Cubs when the when the season started, and then they started playing all right, and people were like, oh man, what are you going to make fun of now that they're playing well? And like, there's always there's always stuff in in you know Cubs. Dumb and in Wrigleyville that you can make fun of, and if it's not making fun of, if the team's playing really well, then you make fun of the opposition. And that was, you know, as we all remember, a very epic and then ultimately uh, a very uh, disappointing year, but a very important year in Cubs lore. And we were we were able to sort of chronicle it uh, with our own uh, satirical outlook.
1: I know you're a man with, with many, many different hats. So, when you first started that <laughs> newspaper in 2003, how many people were actually putting it together and who was selling uh, the ads? I mean, sure, was it probably it just was, you and a couple guys, George and another guy? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, well, the, the cool thing was, you know, people would pick up a copy of it and they'd be like, oh, man. This, and I, so I started putting in a little ad in it and said, hey, if you want to write to the heckler, you're, you're probably better than we are at it. So, why don't you email us? And then, you know, by like our fourth, issue we had probably like 10 people who were like were submitting an article or two an issue and we came out every other week so you know but yeah like i mean the recurring struggle for me with this thing has always been monetizing it as uh anybody who tries to launch a passion project can i'm sure relate so yeah when it came to like selling ads like yeah it was me and a couple other people here and there we were trying to like patch stuff together to and and the there were some times where where we were kind of operating break even, but for the most part, you know, over time, like, you know, the the heckler could have probably could have probably bought me uh several several BMWs with <laughs> <laughs> <for> the <laughs> amount of money the amount of money that I've that I've sunk into it. But you know, we we'll, we'll t- I'm sure we'll talk more about it throughout this conversation. But like, I can't imagine my life without it, and it to this day, you know, it opens up a lot of doors for me and it, and it helped, it helped me meet so many fun and creative and, and interesting people. I mean, it's how I met my wife, you know? So like, right. I can't, you know, I got my last two jobs. Well, it's a,
1: it's a, so. it's, a par, it's a par you. It's you, it's you. The heckler is you, you know, let's face
0: yeah. it. Which yeah. A, which yeah, is exactly. pretty
1: awesome. And yeah, that's one thing I wanted to focus on the podcast today is the progression of how the hecklers changed. And, uh, how about distribution i mean were, were you the guy uh, running those newspapers to the corners cuz i mean that that's work right there in itself you know
0: yeah well we had you know we had we've had so many people over the years who were just really passionate about it you know they'd be like it was it was like a, a less violent form of fight club where we had like men and women who you know like their 9 to 5s like you know they paid the bills but they weren't like super excited about being an insurance claims adjuster or an actuary or an attorney so they would, they would help out with the heckler, like whenever they could. So like, yeah, we have a new issue come out. Sometimes we'd run as many as 60,000 copies. So we have people who would pick them up at our printer in Lincoln Park and then just, just we had these distribution routes all around the city. Uh, it was it was extremely labor-intensive. I mean, it's crazy because like now, you know, if we come up with some stupid idea, it can, you know, on social media, we, we can have, you know, 20,000 impressions on it by the end of the day and that to do that took us like two weeks and like countless you know like immeasurable effort when we were trying to print the, uh when we had a print edition so it's a different era that's for sure
1: so when you first started sorry William no it's how, right. how many issues did you drop one a month is that how it started or
0: what was I think your... we started I think we started doing one every other week well we we would sort of try to have it. The schedule sort of coincided with when the Cubs would start a home stand. So, you know, they're typically on the road a week, week, uh, roughly. Right. So, so we were planning around that. And then, you know, we just, we, try we like you said, we tried to sell ads. We had some success, some success around that back in the day, not, not as much as we should have or could have probably, but um, you know, so we would sort of base all of our numbers off of, off of that, you know, okay, we've made enough ads to run, Five thousand copies. So let's do that. Or we sold enough ads, to run five thousand copies. So let's do that. Uh, that was that was sort of the number the numbers behind it. My my PR background helped in some ways, but not in others. I wish I would have had more of a uh, finance background at times. So I guess if I had a finance background, I probably never would have started this. <laughs> yeah, <So>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I know how hard it is to fill pages, and and you had to fill pages. William actually has his own ma- magazine he puts out, where he has to fill pages every month. So I think he can, ah, you know, cool. feel for you a little yeah, bit.
2: Yeah, I I can, but I got to tell you, uh this, a story. Stu called me the other day and said we we're having you on. I think it was last week, and it was while the trade deadline was going on. Yeah. And I was oh, yeah. sitting at work, and I'm you know like pretending to work, and. uh also,
0: I hope I hope your I hope your employer does not listen to your to I time. hope so, too. He's a Brewer fan. We're safe. Yeah, we're good. All right. All right. Perfect.
2: He, he wouldn't know what to do with this information. Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden the headline pops up that the White Sox acquired another massive parking lot at the trade deadline. <laughs> I literally fell out of my chair. I was like on the floor laughing huh.
0: People around me. Huh. are um, like,
2: are you a heart
1: attack? You OK? What's going yeah, on? <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm glad it was nothing serious. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: all good. It was all good. Yeah. So then but, you're, you're putting this paper out for then. I mean, you you quit in the off season, obviously, or did you just keep go- going on? It seemed like used, you just kept on yeah, going on.
0: we we used to then just well when we first started, yeah, we would just go dark during the off season, you know, whatever. And then I don't remember exactly what year. Probably like oh, 05 or six. We started. We had a we got a booth at the Cubs convention, so then we would print an off-season re- report, kind of about the Cubs, about the Cubs convention, which was hilarious. Uh, I mean, not I mean our, our articles, I think, were okay, but like just the, the whole concept of like spoofing the Cubs convention because there's a lot there that's worth spoofing. Uh, right, there is, especially <laughs> especially back in the day when like you know people are like trying to fight over Mark Bellhorn's autograph. You're like, all right, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we so we. We would do some stuff in the off season like that, and then I don't even remember exactly what year. It was probably like '07 or '08. We we decided to start covering other Chicago sports teams. So then we so then we would print year round. Okay, gotcha.
1: And that I mean that's then you're twenty four seven nonstop. You know, that's that's even push push your cash a little harder. You know.
0: Yeah, and I've always had a full time job while doing this. So at times, you know, you can't do both very well. At least I can't. And at times. One would suffer at the expense of the other, you know? And it's like, you know, you, you gotta, you, you find a way to balance it. You guys can relate.
1: So, was there ever a point where, you're like, oh, we made, we made some money this month? We, you know, I mean, what did you have those? I mean, cause I, yeah. you, you were doing it. And that's the thing. It was a, it was a passionate project, something that you wanted to bring to Wrigleyville. I mean, you were, you loved yeah. it. You wanted to succeed. So, yeah, you put your money where your mouth is and you did it.
0: Yeah. Uh, there were times where, like, the, the paper would sort of pay for itself. I never was making money off of that. And, most, like I said, for the most part, it was a loss leader. When we started doing merchandise, at times we'd have things that would really take off. Um, you know, we did, like, slogan-type teas. Like, Party Legacy like 1908 was always sort of a stalwart of ours. Uh, I still th- – I, I see a lot of those, not as much around anymore, that this is become one of the World Series. Uh, but – I would still see those around from time to time. And like, I I think I was pretty sure we were the first, but we would do things like that. We would do, um, we, we did some shirts that were popular with some other, you know, like the bears and the Blackhawks and stuff too. And like, when you have something like that, that hits at least historically for us, that would be what, that, that would be where we would make some money, uh, more so than off the, off the publication or the production of, of, uh, content, unfortunately.
1: And your content's excellent, which is something I want to talk to you later. I mean, people are always stealing your content because you got the <laughs> best you got the best memes out there, you know. and, well, then, hey. and then they even cut your name out of some of them. I don't like that at all. Just between yeah, they, that, that's the problem. Yeah. But I don't want to get in that part. We'll get to that part because I want to talk about when you you know transfer it over to digital. But um, correct me if I'm wrong here. The the Bible of the hackler is the book, the Cub fans guide to happiness. Would I be correct in saying that?
0: Um, no? it was, the Bi- it was the Bible for a couple of years, I would say it, if, if the Bible would have like, if the actual Bible ever would have like lost popularity after it became no longer relevant, then yes. But no, I mean, it, uh, yeah. So George wrote that book and then he did a second edition of it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it was more popular than, than, uh, than I think we at first anticipated. Um, sorry, what
1: Oh no, we're here. Yep,
0: we're, we're here. Yep. Oh yeah, no, no, so, sorry. So yeah, I mean, it was more, it was more popular than than, than we anticipated uh, initially. And George, I mean, that was all George. Like I helped with some of the editing and maybe a couple ideas here and there, but like he's he's a creative force, and oh, he uh, awesome. came up with this. Yeah, he came up with this concept to do, kind of like a self help book for Cubs fans, and uh, it was it, it was it was pretty well received.
1: Oh, unbelievable! I mean its uh, philosophies to provide insight in, insight to the cub fan now let me read yeah. you a few of these chapters william this you got this book is the, one of the best well, yeah. tanny that, that's short for there's always next year this was back in 2007 before people were even right. saying that if not soriano beer will make it better that's chapter 2 <laughs> 3 everybody needs a scapegoat 4 it's not over to your mathematically eliminated 5 <laughs> Winning really isn't everything. Six, my favorite. Loyalty is next to godliness. Seven, at least you're not a Sox fan. Eight, the power of low expectations. Nine, to boo or not to boo. All go- very much broken down, trying to get the Cub fan through life without winning a World Series. Right. Spot on. That <laughs> was, yeah,
0: I mean, you know, from like 2000 to, I mean, this, that book was written to for, for to keep fans spirits up during like the lowest of low times, and uh, you know there were quite a few of them, uh, particularly when you know from 2000 to well, really 2015 even. <laughs> uh, so yeah,
1: is is this was this book worth updating after the World Series, or is it just lay as it lays? Uh, you know.
0: Uh... That's a good question. Sounds I don't like know, man. that
2: maybe. might that might ruin the nature of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. The I, if, of the if, book. If, if, if either of us had, if, if George or I had the, you know, we're we're getting older now. So if we had the energy level that we did back when that book first came out, maybe we would revisit it. But I think for now we're just gonna let it let it lie where it lies.
1: So that book came out in two thousand and seven. You got so you put. Well, that it
0: out? was. I think that was. I think that was the second edition. I think the first edition was like okay. row 05 or
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I got a couple of copies laying around. I'll have to give you one, William. You'll you'll love it, man. It's it's just really easy fun reading, you know? And it's just like, man, who who wrote this guy who wrote this book is a genius, you know? And at that time, I'm 20 years younger, you know. Well, not 20, right. but like 15 years younger,
0: you know, so felt like 20. Whatever, my math
1: is off, you know. I'm a Cubs fan, yeah. It was 20 years for the rest of us, 15 for him. right. So, the book comes out. You're, you're doing the heckler. Tell me when you guys decide when was the last uh print edition that you guys put out.
0: That's a great question. Probably the Cubs convention in like I'd have to go back and look, maybe 2013. We did one, uh, that's probably the last time we printed anything.
1: I mean, do you have, do you have a, do you save copies of every, every issue? Do you have a for sure? uh,
0: I used to, so I used to have PDFs of all well of them. And then my hard drive and oh, laptop crashed wow. like the same day. So I still have a handful here and there, gotcha. uh, but, but now, you know, a lot of it we transferred online and then, uh, they're, they're, they're maybe I think is just gone for the ages.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like when you're doing it yourself, you don't really, I mean, cause I mean, it's, I think it's part of history, all, you know, all that stuff, all the heckler issues and, and obviously, you know, you, you guys took it to the next level now, which we'll talk about. But, yeah, it's just, like, it's un- unbelievable. Like, the stuff I haven't saved that I should have saved from our club for right. our home events and stuff. But you don't think about it until maybe it's five years later. Like, weird. why didn't I do that? I'm right. dumb,
0: you know. Yeah, but- me, meanwhile, I still have, like, three boxes with, like, college notebooks that I haven't opened <laughs> up in 20 years. So probably it's all, about prior- it's all about priorities, I guess.
2: Those are probably filled for- with some pretty important stuff, too. <laughs>
0: Mostly blank, flash cash <laughs> Mostly blank pages. Notebooks. Mostly blank pages.
1: So, 2013, you guys, that's your last ep, last uh, magazine now. Print. Print, r- print copy. R- and roughly, then yeah. you say, well, time to change things. You know, we need to go, obviously, digital. Tell us about how smooth that transition was for you guys. Uh,
0: Sneak is a tough, uh, that's, that's a tough word to use. Um, so, you know, we. We, we started print first and then by like 0405 we started repurposing stuff online. We like, like many, uh, publishers of any sort, we've never done a great job, uh, you know, monetizing, uh, and, and then, um, with as social media evolved, we, we, you know, have different, different outlets for, for stuff. And sometimes we'll post stuff that just winds up on our Facebook page. or just winds up on Instagram, uh, but, you know, really whatever we can do to kind of build an audience and, you know, what what what's interesting now, like I said, you can you can reach people, you can reach a, a large audience with something that goes, quote, unquote, viral, you uh, know, in, in a way that, you know, it to take me months to do when we just had a print piece. So we're trying to do that. I mean, it's still a side project for everyone who's involved. There's a new guy who's been helping out. These are our token millennial. Uh, his name's Ethan He's been helping out for the better part of a year. And, uh, you know, the one thing about it is like people who get involved, they've always stayed passionate about it. And I was just trying to find ways to make it work financially.
2: At what point did you say it had to be while you still had the print piece? Did you say, you know what, this has got to go in a different direction and I'm going to just focus on like the brand itself versus yeah. what the medium is to get it out there.
0: That's a good question. Um, that's an ongoing battle probably Mm uh i mean you know a lot of it has just been also struggles like juggling life and full-time jobs and stuff too so it's like i kind of i kind of look at the heckler for better or for worse as a garage band kind of and it's like whenever we can get get the band together we'll try to we'll try to jam out and sometimes we sometimes we make good music other times not so much but you know we just try to keep it going because it's like you said, it's it's, it's a part of us.
1: And I see you guys are doing. Um, I just saw a bit that you guys did with uh, Joe from Obvious Shirts. Yeah. you guys are doing interviews and stuff like that recently. I,
0: yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we're giving that a shot. Yeah, we, we interviewed Brian Bickle from the from the retired Blackhawks. Um, we we just have one. We just started releasing one today with uh, Lawrence Holmes from the store. Um, we did. Uh, we interviewed Tom Waddle. Just you know, trying to find like fun ways to to give people a glimpse into some of these folks' lives that maybe they aren't getting normally.
1: Exactly, I think that's awesome. I, 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 I the, the, you know, the whole thing about the heckler to me is the creativity and just you know. Like you guys put, like I was talking about earlier, you guys put out memes that like everybody loves and everybody shares, you know. But like sometimes, like I said, some people steal them and they cut the heckler right. off. That I don't like that at all. You know, that's the heckler. As long as you leave the name on there, in my opinion, it's okay. But as long, but if you cut yeah. the name off, that's a problem, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree. We had a. It, it doesn't happen quite as much, I don't think, intentionally either anymore, or with or like in the Cubs world because it's even though there's a, a million fans a lot of the people who who produce Cubs related content either know each other or they're like friends and friends. So it seems like it's kind of a more, more, uh, I'll I'll say that now, but then I'll probably get a bunch of stuff stolen or something. (laughs) But, uh, we, we had, we had an issue with, uh, Blackhawks. It was during one of their Stanley cup runs or the Blackhawks Facebook page. That was pretty popular. And they would just flat out. Like they would crop out our URL on the posters that we were creating. It was just like, dude, you Know, give a shout out. It seems like people are way better about giving credit now than they used to be, but uh, you still got to keep an eye out for it for sure.
1: And talk about uh, really, th- beyond the heckler, there is the heckler party group. Um, the yeah, people that yeah. you guys just don't put out content, you also throw parties. Let's talk about those because you know, me and William are all about a party, you know, yeah, so. that's what we're
2: right. Really <laughs> yeah, it took for us sure. 45
1: minutes to get to that question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, um, the, the the probably the most fun thing that we do regularly is our spring train trip, like we talked about earlier. This will be in one way or the other, or one way or another, the fifteenth year. Twenty twenty will be the fifteenth year that we've done it. The first year was both like me and one friend and then like by like year three it was like me and like three friends and then we just really started kinda blowing it out and now our our party's pretty big. I think you know, some of our tailgates will have close to 100 people. We, we do it, it's usually the first weekend of March, and we every year we try to add something the news. So we've got like a DJ, a food truck. Uh, they do
1: it DJ. right, man. They do it right, bottom line.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's our goal. We try to make sure everybody has a great time, and, uh, you know, a lot of people who come once, they keep coming back. Uh, and that's that's. And we have a lot of little special sort of uh, symbols, like every everyone – Gets a, a Heckler uh, sweatband, wristband with their the number of years that they've been on the trip when they show up uh, the, the first day, and you know we try to do stuff like that to really make it uh, kind of like a memorable fan experience.
1: Yeah, you 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 created a family. It's you know it's pretty awesome.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, some of the people were at our wedding, and you know the only way I know them is from our spring training trip, and I've been my wife and I've been to some. Some of people's wedding, you know, like, and you you just become really good friends, and it's, it's it's great.
1: So I was wondering about this. You know, you see all the politics on, you know, fi- you know Facebook, and you know you can't you can't say anything nowadays. Somebody's gonna say something good or bad. You know, everyone's right. so judgmental. Has that changed from the beginning of Heckler till now? Do you guys think twice about what you might say and how it might,
0: you know, um, backfire on you? I guess. <laughs> well, we're probably less careful now than we used to be we used to be really concerned about like oh we don't want to we don't want to write this article because it would sound too much like you know like the onion or like whatever you know so we would we yeah. would we would be more we would be more cautious about trying to uh you know just have our own creative spin on things and we still do that but it, you know it, we live in such kind of like a i don't know like we I think collectively now everyone has the memory of a goldfish and it's like whatever's in front of you is what you're focusing on. So we just try to, we just try to, you know, yeah, I would love it if if all the content we produce kind of like help people forget about all the real world type stuff you're talking about. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately sometimes it bleeds into it and we still try to find an angle that, you know, I try to find an angle. that's not going to like, you're right though. Whatever you do is going to offend somebody. Um, And we, we, we try to do it in a way that okay, if it's gonna offend someone, at least it's something that like I can feel okay about. Right. I'm not just doing it I'm not just doing it to, to upset people. I'm not just doing it to to drive traffic to our to our site or our Facebook page or whatever. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but the the good thing is if it doesn't work, if someone's outraged about it, they're either gonna just unfollow you or like they'll forget about it tomorrow because they're yeah, right. doing some other something else to be outraged about.
2: Well, Cub fans fit right into that whole goldfish mode you were talking about. I mean, how many people are out there today ripping on Theo Epstein, who, by the way, is right. the best general manager of all time in baseball? And then you got Joe right. who is the best manager in baseball, bar none. And yet, you know, four days ago, everyone wanted him gone. Now we're all back in love again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. only I mean, took it, four days. Like, four days in I'd Milwaukee. Like <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like the old saying, "What have you done for me lately?" Now it's like, "What have you done for me in the last thirty minutes?" <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's yeah. It, time time is a it's a weird thing now. So you, the
1: bandwagoners are starting to show their colors.
0: <laughs> that's that's for sure.
1: Your website, theheckler dot right? You got you got that. Yeah, that's perfect. And then uh, you're on all on all the social medias for the most part. Yeah, I Brad, you know I don't just, we don't
0: do we don't do Snapchat. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not a millennial.
2: I can't. I love do that.
1: <laughs> that
2: might be the favorite, my favorite thing I've heard today. I can't do Snapchat either. It moves too yeah. fast for me. Like
0: <laughs>
1: I
2: finally get the picture up of the half naked girl, and then it's like gone. <laughs> it's
0: frustrating. Yeah, hey. Especially Frustrated after he's brand. drinking
1: like seven or eight beers, you know. It's
0: frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Well, Instagram—you can find plenty of that on Instagram. Right. Exactly.
1: So you guys just had a watch party on Saturday. That was uh, yeah, yeah, we that was awesome.
0: We, we, we unintentionally uh, conflicted with your John Baker Day, which I was really upset about. We we picked the date and I put it out there, and then I saw your John Baker, and I was like, oh shoot.
1: You know what? Well, uh, we, we're we're going to work together, and maybe we could do it yeah. together next year. But uh, yeah, not, no, yeah,
0: no, never again, man. From now on, it's a collaborative effort. But yeah, we did. Um, we partnered with uh, some folks at Miller Coors and at Rizzo's, which it's hilarious how many people think uh, Rizzo's is named after Anthony. When exactly that family's owned that that lo- that land forever. But anyway, they'll
1: be there before uh, Rizzo and after Rizzo. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but so uh, it, uh, it's a great it's a great spot, and we it was perfect weather. We were out we were on the patio and. We had probably about like 40, 50 people there. We we did a one of the one of the fun things we do with the heckler. Uh, is we do bingo boards for big games, um, and we did a Cubs bingo board um, for the party. So some of it was about the game, and then some of it was about people who were who were going to be in attendance. Uh, how long it how long it would take one of our female attendees to, to take a perfect selfie and stuff like that. So we we were keeping along with the game. We played Thunder Drunk, uh, which uh, not everyone is aware of but it's uh, a drinking yeah. game to, I've been in one, I've been, I've been in the, the circle
1: man I've been in the circle Yeah
0: yeah to the song Thunderstruck <laughs> so we play that uh yeah it was, it was a really good time we're gonna, we're trying to work one out for September so we'll have to collaborate on that one
1: Definitely man and uh, like I said Heckler throws the number one parties I'm trying to I'm trying to get to your level man that's that's my goal oh, okay
0: I don't know I I'm not can't... Yet been to your I'm not yet been to your parties, but I've seen the photos and the videos, and I think you're selling yourself way short.
1: <laughs> if you can't beat them, join them, right, Steve? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, I always said in the Cubs community, separately we are nothing; together we are something. So I think if we all work together, because we all—that's the one thing—we <laughs> no. we all, t- all love the we have Cubs. We all love the greatest yeah. party ever. <laughs> yeah, we all exactly, want yeah. a party, you know? you
0: know. Yeah, exactly. We like having fun. We like we like the Cubs. We we when times are rough, we support each other. Uh, and when things are are uh going well we're uh we're celebrating together, so yeah i agree i'm all about the collaboration as well
1: and i'm i'm par- partial but a'm midwest man the midwest people are the best you know I really believe that but uh
0: i agree i agree
1: sorry for any other listeners outside of illinois but that's okay uh, <laughs> but not you you're that's the thing though this isn't your full time job you're actually a realtor in chicago right now
0: yeah it it's true
1: and a billionaire.
0: I've heard. <laughs> you see, yeah, I've that's read. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny that that that's that's. Uh, yeah, when you Google my wife's name, uh, that's one of the first thing that comes up is that she's apparently married to a billionaire. And if I ever meet that billionaire, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a what I'm gonna give him what for? Uh, I don't or, know or, or make starts. a deal I'm with him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I, that's all there's all like these like quick bait websites from like Eastern Europe and stuff and like and, you know I guess if there's gonna be fake things said about your internet like
1: yeah that exactly you're wealthy, that, right. you, that you're
0: well- that you're wealthy is not <laughs> the worst thing
1: so real estate's your job uh, heck, heckler's your passion and I'm sure like yeah. you know the um you know being a realtor pays the bills, but you know your your passion is the heckler, that's your baby you know and uh yeah and how do you how do you manage it too I know you know. Uh, you're a busy guy. You're you're out at all the major events in Chicago, hanging out with uh,
0: Rizzo yeah. and everybody else. It can be kind of exhausting. Um, and you know, like I talked about earlier, it's, like we said, it's sort of like uh, it's a garage band. You know, like if I'm really busy, like real estate's really busy in the spring, which is unfortunate because that's when you know so much great stuff has been happening with the Cubs lately. So it's like I try to keep up, and uh, now real estate slows down a little bit this time of year for the seasonality. So I'm able to. To do more heckler-related stuff, so it's 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 really fun. I can't imagine my life without it, but it can be it can be pretty exhausting.
1: I'll tell you what, I'm thinking about getting a place in Chicago one of these days, and uh. it's real close to Wrigley, so definitely going to be my All realtor, right. man. All right, in right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> a weird I mean, twist that. of fate, you'll sell me my dream place right by Wrigley. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Club, club 400 completely.
1: and john and i'll stay here and just uh you know watch I
0: was gonna the, say, I mean, watch we'll, club 400 for you we'll be the curators yeah. of this
2: place so
1: <laughs> yeah Perfect. brad we uh we appreciate your time today uh heckler yeah. man a heckler a piece of chicago cubs history always will be it's your baby and i just it was interesting to hear you know the ride that you've taken, and, you know, who knows where you're going to go. So you just never know. And uh, you guys oh, have brought something oh. great to Cub fans, man.
0: Oh, it goes both ways. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh someday I'm going to get out to club 400, someday soon, and uh I'll be humbled and by all the smoke you've been blowing at me for saying I'm the best <laughs> party planner.
2: Hey, you know what? We couldn't have had a better guest for our 50th show, which yep, today 50th is, show, so, yep
1: So, yeah. Well, you, wow. How about that, yeah, man? Yeah, it's so cute. Uh, you and, keep count. It? Yeah, yeah, but I'll tell you what, Brad is like I said. When we did this thing, uh, when you decided to move forward with this podcast, you know, he who do we the interview? Campus. The heckler. you know, you heckler. were on the I napkin, the heckler, I was there. So, uh, I was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was on the top fifty list. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> we can't we can't find the napkin to prove it, but I was there. I saw it. There so was a the napkin. There was a napkin and a bottle. Of Jägermeister. That's all
1: I remember. Oh, that shows you how oh. a nice end over here, man. Better than Lord. <laughs> oh, exactly. Way better. So the deal is this, man. Follow heckler.com. Follow Brad on all the social media except for Snapchat. Uh, and you know what? Look for him out and about because he'll usually be there if it's a happening party. Because it's Brad, man. He's the man. And uh, my main goal, Brad, to work together down the line and do something really awesome with you guys.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it in September.
1: I would love to, man. I, I will give you a call. And we'll, we'll work that up. So uh, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. And uh, we're looking forward to a major run to the World Series. Did I just smile and laugh when I said that? No. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Straight face. We'll see. The hackler, man.
1: Face. Part of Cubs yeah, history. Thanks it. for coming on, Brad.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I hear the drums echoing tonight. she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in 1230 fights